place, we want to read together number 17. God's promise to you is love from 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, and Jeremiah 31, 3. We're going to read it together just responsibly out loud today. Read with me, would you? God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You may be seated. Keep your hymn book. You know, part of God's love toward us is His perfect timing in our lives and what He's doing. And so we want to sing about that today. Number 53, in His time, in His time, He makes all things beautiful in His time. If you don't know this one, it's a very simple chorus. You'll get it as we sing the first verse and into the second. But let's sing together uh, number 53, in His time. Thank you. 
I love that line in the song where it says, Every step we are breathing in your grace. How true that is. Have your copy of God's Word, please. Turn again to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to finish up our series this morning on the early years of Jesus. If you'll find your spot, please. Luke chapter 2. I'll begin reading there in just a moment. Uh, One of my heroes from church history is a man by the name of D.L. Moody. He lived a long time ago, as you see, 1837 to 1899. He was a great evangelist. You may have heard of uh, Moody Bible Institute or Moody Radio or Moody Publishing and all these things that God used this man in an incredible way. But understand that he once returned from a meeting and he reported to his host that there had been two and a half conversions. There had been two and a half people saved. And uh, the host said, uh, two adults and a child, I suppose, two adults and a child. And Mr. Moody said, no, two children and an adult. He said the children gave their whole lives. The adult only had half his life left to give. Hmm. Beloved, that's not to say that any time anyone gives their life to Christ at whatever age that we uh, should not rejoice and thank God for we do and heaven does. But sometimes we miss the wonderful significance of a child who gives their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, their whole life to God, when they're saved young in life and are able to serve the Lord Jesus with the entirety of their life. And we're looking at such a child again today. He not only gave his life to God, he was God. We're looking at the Lord Jesus. We're looking at the early years of Jesus. And you're there in Luke chapter 2. You know, one of our members said to me, I think after the first message, that we uh, often think of Jesus as a baby, and then we think about him as a man. And we don't think much about those in-between years. We're we're not told much about it. We're given a glimpse here in Luke chapter 2. We're studying and we're given one particular scene when he was 12. But today we're going to look at Jesus from the age of 12 through the age of 30. And so if you fall in that range today, I want you to think particularly about this because Jesus uh, was living out his life as you're living out your life at the age of 12 to the age of 30. So you're at Luke chapter 2. Let's read the whole passage again as a way of refresher and then we'll focus in uh, near the end. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child, that is Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answer. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Now look at verses 51 and 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, so far we've talked about two great truths. We talked about the importance of parenting and the importance of purpose. 
And today I want to add a third main point or main truth from this passage. And uh, it may sound strange at first, but uh, bear with me. I want to talk to you about the importance of progress. The importance of progress. Uh, We have that here in the life of the Lord Jesus. Right after the incident here with Jesus at the temple, notice verse 51. It says, Then He went down with them, that is Mary and Joseph, came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but His mother kept all these things in her heart. We see again a picture of Jesus' humility as He submits to Mary and Joseph. Uh, He had learned the command where it says, Honor thy father and thy mother. And He not only learned the command, He obeyed the command. And then we come to what we know about the next 18 years of his life. Now, you remember he started his earthly ministry at the age of 30. We know that from the Bible. Luke 3.23 says, Now when Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. And so we have here uh, Jesus at the age of 12, and then throughout what we call his teenage years, up to the point where he starts his earthly ministry at the age of 30. And it says in Luke 2.52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, don't let the brevity of that verse fool you. You know that dynamite comes in small packages, right? It doesn't take a lot to make a big bang. And that's a very short sentence, I know. I was sharing with the youth this morning. We were talking about what's the shortest verse in the Bible, John 11:35. What's the longest verse in the Bible, Esther 8 and 9. But then we come to this verse, and it's just a sentence, and it doesn't seem that long, and it doesn't seem that uh, maybe uh, uh, unusual or incredible, but it, it really is. When you think about that covering, basically 18 years of Jesus' life in that sentence. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The importance of progress. You say, where'd you get that from? That word increased. That word increased. Got a ladybug. There, she flew. Uh, Increased in the Greek. It has the idea of progress or advancement. He was increasing or growing in these certain areas. And not like early in the past, like babies do, where they just grow. You know, you feed them and... You, you water and fertilize babies, they just grow, right? Not like that. Uh, this is intentional growth. He was involved in the growth process. And it says that he was growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. Now listen, this is a great text for every teenager, every young adult in here. When you look at the Lord Jesus, it's a great text for you to see how the Lord Jesus did this. Uh, listen today and learn about the Lord Jesus. And it's a great text for parents. Because this is what we should be desiring for our children, our grandchildren, to help them in these regards. And when you look at that verse, notice that Jesus progressed. He grew, he matured in all areas of life. When you look at that, it mentions his uh, growing or progressing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Well, think about that for a moment. He grew and increased in progress and matured in wisdom. That is mental development. Mentally. His brain, his intelligence, his knowledge, his wisdom, his stature, that's physical. That is, he he grew up. Um, Favor with God, that's spiritual development. His fellowship with the Father, we see throughout his life as we read about his life later on. And then favor with man, that's social development. In all areas of his life, this is the Lord Jesus. And so he grew in his mental capacities, physical, spiritual, and social we wanted to say it even simpler. Jesus grew mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. What did Jesus do for those 18 years? He grew mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. Now, I want to break those down. 
one by one. It's an it's a important reminder, beloved, that every area of life is important. Every area of life is important. It's important that we grow mentally, socially, spiritually, and physically. Every area is valuable. And it reminds us we need to give attention to every area of our life. Because we like to compartmentalize things and say, well, you know, the spiritual part's really important, but not the physical. No. Or the social part's important, but not the mental. No. Jesus shows us that every area of life is important. And every area of life is a place we need to give attention. These were the hidden years of Jesus to us. But they were years of preparation and growth, years of listening and learning, years that made Jesus who he was. And so I want to explore each one with you for a little bit. Let's talk about wisdom or mental development when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already said that Jesus, of course, is God. And he's perfect God and perfect man joined together forever. He's fully God and fully human. Uh, We have a hard time getting a hold of that. But that's the truth. He was not stained by sin. He was not marred by sin. We talked about the fact that he would have had a, a use of 100% of his brain capacity. What an amazing thing that is. We talked about already that he would have went as a Jewish boy in that area, would have attended school. He would have started school about the same age we do. In, that, in five or six. And then he would have learned the first five books of the Bible as his textbook. But his learning did not stop there. He knew and quoted from the Old Testament in his earthly ministry. When you look later on in his life and you study the Gospels. In fact, I looked at an article this past week looking at how many Old Testament books that he quoted from. And it it talked about the four Old Testament books that Jesus quoted from the most in order. And, And it said that he quoted the most in order from the Psalms. And then, this was convicting, Deuteronomy. How much do you quote from Deuteronomy? How much devotional time do we have in Deuteronomy? Then Isaiah and Exodus, according to their studies of him quoting, those were the top four books, but he quoted extensively from the Old Testament. Jesus knew his Bible, the Bible that he had at that time. But beloved, all truth is God's truth. You know that, right? And we see he not only knew the Word of God, he also knew nature. Look at the way that later on he talks about the lilies of the field. Uh, Look at the way he talks about uh, the sparrows in the Gospels. His mind was active and alert. It was taking in all the wonderful sights and sounds and, and, and all the things that he was surrounded with. He was absorbing all these things. But the question is, what about us? What about us? Are we growing in our mental development? Now, I know the students among us, those uh, teenagers and boys and girls say, well, preacher, we have no choice. We have to grow. Uh, They make us go. Uh, They'll send a police officer to get us if we don't go to school. We have to grow. Uh, True. Uh, But what about when you get beyond that? What about when we get beyond elementary school and middle school and high school and maybe you went to college or graduate school? How are you doing in your mental development? I read some startling statistics this past week. Did you know that 33% of U.S. high school graduates, so those who walk across the podium and they graduate, did you know that 33% of them will never read a book after high school? They'll never read a book after high school. They tell me that 42% of college graduates will never read a book after they graduate. Now think about that. Three out of ten high school students never going to read a book again. 
Four out of ten college graduates never going to read a book again. I'm told that 80% of U.S. families did not buy a book last year. I hope they went to the library, but probably not. And 70% of adults have not been in a bookstore in the last five years. Haven't even looked at books unless they go to the library. Now, I try to make up for all those who don't. But anyway, uh, think about that. You say, well, preacher, what are you getting at? God gave us a mind. What are we doing with it? Are we growing in our mental development? Beloved, read good books. If you can't find another book, read the Bible. Get into the Word of God. Do something to develop that wonderful brain that God has given to you. By the way, it's a gift. Your mental capacity is a gift. We can go today and visit people who don't have that gift. There are those who are not even born with it. And yet, how dare we squander it? The Lord Jesus, He grew, it says, in wisdom, the proper use of knowledge. All truth is God's truth. Whether it's nature, whether it's on your job or whatever, become a lover of wisdom, a lover of learning. You want to grow in your wisdom? Get the book of Proverbs. Read a proverb a day. There's enough to cover the month. Read the book of Proverbs. Get into the Psalms. Begin memorizing Scripture. Do things to keep your mind alert and active, awake, because Jesus did. And we see it in His life. He grew mentally. He grew in wisdom. But He also grew in stature. Let's skip that. No, I'm kidding. Let's go back. This is, gets convicting now. We don't have any choice in the matter much up to a certain point. When do we stop growing physically? 18, 19, somewhere along there? Well, I mean going up. I know going out, can, that's different. But I'm talking about height. You know, some of us are not overweight. We're just short for our weight. But anyway, uh, we, we stop growing physically maybe upward at 18, 19, whatever that is. Uh, so some of you hold on, you still got time. Others of us are, are done with that. But listen, we should not be done growing in our physical development once we're done growing. Now, we can't get taller, but beloved, we can still improve in other areas. This deals with the care of our bodies. Basic things, common sense things, eating well, uh, exercising, getting proper rest. Jesus took care of his body and he blessed God with his body, used his body. I don't know how accurate this is, but it's interesting. Someone did a study about Jesus just, you know, did Jesus exercise? They did a study just about his walking and when he's going back and forth in his ministry. And they estimated in his lifetime, Jesus would have walked 21,525 miles during his earthly pilgrimages and so forth and walking. Um, he did the strenuous toil of a carpenter. Now, he wasn't down with, you know, uh, table saws and routers and stuff. I mean, he was doing the hard, laborious work of using hand tools in the carpenter shop. We know that Jesus got tired and he slept. We see that in the Gospels. From what the Scripture records and from the region that he uh, lived and from that time period and also the Old Testament guidelines, Jesus would have ate a very healthy diet. Uh, we see that. And we just stop compartmentalizing our lives and realize that every area of our life is important. God cares about our mental development, our physical development, our social development, our spiritual development. I mean, he's so plain in his word, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you are, you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so this is one of those things. How are you doing when it comes to your physical development? I've got work to do. I don't know about you, but I've got work to do. Well, let's move on. Favor with God, spiritual development. Do we even need to comment on this one? And we're talking about Jesus Christ. 
He spent time in the Word. We've already seen that. How much time did Jesus spend in prayer? That prayer life did not begin just at the age of 30, mind you. He spent much time with the Father in these times. Think about the time He spent in the synagogue at the Feast of the Passover in different times. Think about that. He left us a pattern that we should follow. Are we spending time in the Word? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we spending time in church? You know, my heart is burdened. I've watched in, in recent days. I've even watched this congregation. There's just, you know, people don't come. They don't come like they used to come. There's a level of commitment even here that disturbs me uh, in a great way because we just kind of say, well, I'm not going today. I'm not going to go to church. Beloved, God wants us in church. He wants us in prayer. He wants us in the Word. And we need to spend time personally growing and progressing and maturing in our spiritual lives. And again, it's not hard. Prayer. Bible. Church fellowship. See, they're so basic. But you know, common sense is not so common. Have you all learned that? Physical development. Eat well, exercise, sleep enough. Pretty basic. Grow spiritually. Spend time in the Word, prayer, and church. We need to spend time growing spiritually. I think this one speaks for itself. And let's talk about favor with men. Social development. This would deal with family, friends, and other people that Jesus would come in contact with. We've already talked about his family life, so let's talk about those outside his family life. His friends at school. You know, it's just hard to think about Jesus going to school. We talked about what was it like on the first day of kindergarten. You know, here, let's come on, Jesus, and go off to school. And then throughout those years at school as he's learning, uh, playing with the other kids in his, um, his community. What an awesome thing this is. How about when he was doing the work of a carpenter, uh, the customers at the carpenter shop? We know that eight, much of that 18 years of Jesus' life, it revolved around being a carpenter. Uh, he adopted his earthly, as a, a father's, uh, Joseph's uh, occupation. It's just natural that Jesus would follow in his steps. And, and Jewish boys were required to learn a trade. And, and so Jesus, he worked in the carpenter shop. And there were folks who came and they would, I guess, buy things that Jesus made. How awesome would that be? I love what J. Oswald Sanders said. Listen to this. Do you realize that our Lord spent six times as long working at the carpenter's bench as He did in world-shaking ministry? Our Lord Jesus spent six times as long working at a carpenter's bench as He did in a world-shaking ministry. You have, what, 18 years, three years? You know, think about that. 18 years versus the three years or so. You think your work doesn't matter? Consider Jesus. See Jesus in that carpenter shop sweating and sawing and, and nailing and creating these things out of wood. I imagine that Jesus was a delight to work with. He was a delight to, to be interacting with as a customer when you came to Joseph's carpenter shop. To know Him in those growing years, no, no doubt, was delightful. What are we saying, beloved? Have you caught it yet? All of life is important. Your job matters. Your schoolwork matters. Your eating and drinking and sleeping, your friendships, they all matter to God. They all matter. All of life is important. All of life is sacred. I learned many years ago what an old preacher said, there's no difference between the secular and the sacred. All ground is holy ground. Every bush is a burning bush when it comes to a Christian. 
We've got to stop compartmentalizing our lives and say, well, this really matters. No, it all matters. It's all important. And the key to all of it comes back to what the 12-year-old Jesus said in verse 49. Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. In other words, God cares about every area of our life. Every area. There's no area that He doesn't care about. He's concerned about us mentally, socially, physically, and spiritually. And you know, when you stop and think about it, and studies back this up, one area impacts another. They're all important. They're all interrelated. They're all interconnected. So I say to you, beloved, no matter what your age is, whether you're 12 or 80 or anywhere in between, give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. That begins, first of all, by repenting of your sin and placing your faith in Christ. Receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. Have you done that? If not, do it today. Turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ. And then if you have, because I'm talking to a lot of Christians today, actively and humbly submit every area of your life to His Lordship. Because He's Lord. So invite Him into your life and say, Lord, take charge of this area of my life. You say, well, how would that work? Well, help him, uh, ask Him to help you to grow in your mental uh, growth. Lord, help me to learn. Help me to, to, to take in this knowledge, this truth. Um, Lord, here's my body. It's yours. Take and use it for your glory. Help me to be disciplined. Help me to, to, to use my body for your glory. Um, does that sound strange to you? It shouldn't. It's biblical. In fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present what? Your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Invite His Lordship in the area, area of your life. If you're struggling, particularly in a certain area, invite His Lordship into that area. And say, Lord, I'm struggling in my mental development, my social, my uh, spiritual, uh, my physical, whatever it is. And submit His Lordship in every area of your life. And then moms and dads, because this passage talks about Jesus and His growing up years, help your children to understand these things. Help them to understand that, listen, all these things are important. We're teaching you things to help you because God cares about every area of your life. This part isn't secular and this part isn't sacred. It's all sacred. It's all a gift from God. As they just sing, every day, every breath, we're breathing in His grace. Because we literally live by the grace of God, don't we? Without His grace, we're nothing. We have nothing we can do nothing. Mary and Joseph helped Jesus. Remember what it says in verse 49? It says He went down with them to Nazareth and He was subject to them. If Mary said sweep the floor, yes ma'am, He swept the floor. Set the table, yes. Learn this trade, yes. Do your homework, yes. Help your sisters, yes. He submitted to them. I want to close with a poem. It's a prayer, really, from another great saint from church history named Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael was a missionary. Um, if you listen to Elizabeth Elliot or read, she'll oftentimes 
talk about Amy Carmichael or quote Amy Carmichael, a wonderfully used uh, lady of God. This is a prayer I want to close with, a poem I want to close with, and it's really applicable to those who are moms and dads and those that are seeking to help their children to grow. Father, hear us. We are praying. Hear the words our hearts are saying. We are praying for our children. Keep them from the powers of evil, from the secret hidden peril. Father, hear us for our children. From the worldling's hollow gladness, from the sting of faithless sadness, Father, Father, keep our children. Through life's troubled waters, steer them. Man, if there was ever a day we ought to pray that ought to be today, hadn't it? Through life's troubled waters, steer them. Through life's bitter battles, cheer them. Father, Father, be thou near them. And wherever they may abide, lead them home at eventide. Amen. Father, thank you for caring about us. Thank you that you care about every area of our lives. There's nothing outside your concern. There's nothing outside your wisdom and your grace and your Lordship. Father, I pray if anybody here does not know Jesus Christ, that your Holy Spirit would draw them to yourself right now. And then, Lord, for those of us who know Christ, would you help us to submit to your Lordship? Would you help us, Lord, to stop compartmentalizing our lives and realize that all of life is a gift And all of life is a sacred trust. And all of life is important. Have your will and way in this invitation as we sing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this morning, the altar is open. We would invite you to come and pray. If you'd be saved, we'd love to help you with that. If you want to just come and pray or maybe talk to the Lord about something, or maybe just praise the Lord today. For his goodness. 52, he leadeth me, O blessed thought. 52 is the closing hymn. As we stand and sing, you come as God leads. 52, let's stand and sing.